0: One of the ways that we do that is to try and encourage people in their communication journey. We, we clearly say that to your, your value in God is not, def, it's not defined by the platform. There are people here that will never be on the platform. It's not your gifting, your calling, your temperament. And, and you're not defined by that. But the reality is we've got people in our church that are passionate about developing, in being speakers and preachers and communicators of God's word. And just as we need all sorts of things as you heard Christian this morning, we need more of those. If we're going to plant churches gonna repurpose churches, we need able communicators within them and we've done certain journeys on that and we'll keep with it. And so we just felt today that we'd like to give opportunity for three or four of the guys and girls to just share the word to you. And that we've called it soapbox, and soapbox originated by the fact that people literally used to get the old wooden soapbox and stand on it and declare they used to declare political philosophy, but also they declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, they, they do it often in the open air. Uh, open air. And uh, most famously, perhaps some years ago, you know, uh, John Major, when he was Prime Minister, so John Major now, uh, actually used literally a soapbox to communicate the message outdoors. So we've called it that. And uh, this morning, uh, Kev and Josh are going to share. We, we've, we've put a 10-minute clock on them, and uh, we've really asked them to be keen on that. Uh, I will come and chop them at the knees if they go to 12 minutes. No, 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 but... but but the reality is that they're well able of perhaps going beyond that. But we've just tried to say this morning, guys, just give us something. Um, we've asked them to just let the heart flow. We've not sort of given them a subject. And we really want you just to encourage this morning. Um, tonight, um, Helen and Simon are going to be sharing at Mansfield. So four, four speakers today across the life of Arena Church, four great young guys and girls that love God with a passion, that serve this church consistently well, and that want to increasingly be communicators of God's word, and we encourage you just this morning to open your heart, because God can always speak to us, friends, when we've got an open heart, and uh, and uh, just really cheer them on. So, Kev's going to speak, I'll inch- and uh, we're we'll welcome him in a moment, and then I'll, immediately after that, in- invite Josh to come up and sort of take it on from there, and then I'll come back at the end, just to conclude the service. Is that okay? Let's welcome Kev Albus. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Am I on? Yeah. Thank you for your generous welcome. Um, I just want to say thank you to Christian and Phil for not only believing that my generation are part of the future, but we're part of the here and now, that we've got something to con- contribute right now, and that we're not just isolated to the future, but we're here. And we've got something to contribute to the church. Um, should we get into it? Yeah. Cool. Um, this morning, I, I really want to talk about God's faithfulness. You know, all around the room this morning, there's great stories of God's faithfulness to everyone, right? But here's the truth. Just because your story doesn't involve, you know, drugs and alcohol and whatever, it doesn't mean that your story isn't a story of God's faithfulness, right? Because I've heard a lot of people saying, I wish I had that person's story because it seems more powerful. Listen, I grew up in a Christian family. No, not perfect family, but, you know, they try their best to raise me up in a Christian environment, to train me up in the Christian lifestyle. And, you know, and I'm thankful for that. And that's the story of God's faithfulness in the way that he kept me in his church in the way that he's looked after me all these years. So don't let anyone take that story away from me. You know, your story isn't any weaker than somebody else's story, you know, because God gave you that story and you should believe that that could change people's lives as well. Well, this morning, I do want to talk about my friend's story back in high school. Um, what you've got to understand about my friend is, back in high school, he was two years older than the rest of us, right? Because he's failed my class two years in a row, okay? He, he, he had, like, tattoos all over his arms and his legs. He'd come in to classes, hung over from the night before, probably still drunk from the weekend, and in fact, one, one day I saw him walk into school and he was smoking weed. And I was like, as a 14-year-old, you're thinking, man, wh- wh- why am I into here, you know? And then he used to tell me stories like, oh, yeah, like how many women he slept with and all these things. And if I'm being honest at the time, I wrote him off. I thought, if I'm being honest, I don't think God will ever use this guy. That's just me being, you know, being the immature Christian that I was back then. And I thought, I I don't think, you know, anything good will come out of this person's life. But the good news was I was wrong. Okay. I was wrong. So fast forward to 2010. Um, I mean, I've lost contact with this guy because. um, I don't know if he graduated from high school, but I lost contact when I moved from the Philippines to England. But. I was on my dinner break one one lunchtime, and I was on Facebook. Um, what you've got to understand with Facebook is it's full of people where it's just like years and years of frustration. Like you know, you know, you've got this saying that if you haven't got anything good to say, don't say it all, right? And I think these people, are like one of those people that got told that over and over again, and. It's like years and years of frustration. They just blurted it out on Facebook. So normally I just screen through it. And if, if it's like a three-page update of his status, I'd normally just ignore it. But I was going through And I honestly thought it was a God moment. I honestly, think, I honestly believe it's a God moment. I was going through my um, status updates. And I saw my friend. So updated his status. And it was a Bible verse. And I was intrigued by it. I was like, the same guy that I wrote back in high school. Posted a Bible verse. I was a bit skeptical because back in high school, he used to take the mick out of me for being a Christian. So I don't know if it's one of his sick jokes. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I just did not So I thought, I better find out. I better find out because I think there's something to this. And so I said, you know, how are you doing? And he says, yeah, you know, things are okay. I just got married a year ago. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. But I was so eager to find out what's this thing all about. I says, mate, you know that Bible verse that you posted? I said, that's a great verse. I said, what made you post it? And he says, oh, yeah, um, I'm believing that God would heal me. And I was like, whoa, this is serious. And I says, so what's up? And I he says, um, I got diagnosed with cancer six months ago. And I was like, wow. You know, from from getting married like a year ago, six months later get diagnosed and you don't even know if you're going to spend the rest of your life with your wife and i was like and honestly i just like felt heartbroken and and i said to him listen i'm going to pray for you because i believe that god can heal you because he wouldn't have taken you this far only to leave you alone on your own again and and honestly i've never prayed so hard in my life before because at this point i was thinking god you know all those years you've been working in this guy's in this guy's life, you know. Even when he was faithless, you were still faithful to him. So anyway, so I said to him, make Keith in touch, you know, I, I drop him like a Bible verse every now and again, and he's he's a, a great. a year later, he was given the all clear, wow. right? And I was like, yeah, give it, yeah, come on, and I was like. Oh, man, this is awesome. And here's the great story, great news this morning that, listen, a lot of people would have written you off, and a lot of people we've written off in the past, but I want to tell you that God is faithful. If If I want to give a title to my message, it's this, it is this, don't give up, because God never does. Don't give up on the calling that God has placed in your life because God never does don't give up on the family member that you've been praying for for the last 10 years 20 years because God's doing something and you know the thing is we we could automatically disqualify ourselves from God's calling because we've messed up so many times in the past but I'm here to tell you that you know God's faithful and he will forgive you and because of Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross, we can have a, a fresh start every day, every moment in our lives. And, you know, I wanted to speak directly to the older generation this morning. You know, we live in a society where old is like a negative word, right? Where old is like, you know, people write them off because they haven't got much to give. I meant to tell you, you know, if you're still breathing this morning, which I hope all of you are, God's still got a purpose in your life. God can still use you and it, and it's our response to believe that God's got a great plan for us <clears throat> and I want to, you know, th- there's this story at the beginning of the Bible when Sarah gave birth to Isaac and she became a mom for the first time and I was reading that and I honestly I believe in my heart that that's a prophetic statement from God, you know, that the older generation will experience things for the first time, will receive things for the first time from God that will release the generations to come, my generation and the generations after us, okay? Because my generation and your generation, the older generation, we're, were meant to work in tandem. We were never meant to work in isolation. And so we need, my generation needs your generation to stand up and be accounted for. Because I'm going to tell you this other story. I found my granddad the other day, and um, what you've got to understand with my granddad is he he got radically saved. Right? He used to uh, he used to serve in the army, and um, he struggled with drinking and women and all this, and he got radically saved. And he and he started you know ministry, and he's still serving in the ministry, and he's 74 now. Right? And he's still going strong. So I greeted him a month ago because it was his birthday. And I says, oh, you know, granddad, happy birthday. And he didn't even say how I was. The crazy thing was, at that time, they, you know, I was going through a, a patch in my life where I was struggling with my prayer life. Where I just couldn't find a balance, you know, because of the business of life. With, you know, without, without hesitating, it just goes to me, how's your prayer life? I was like... I is not not great. It goes. You better make sure that your prayer life reflects who you are in public. It says keep loving God. And you see, that to me is a picture of the older generation. You know, still serving faithfully to you know to God. So that my generation could win. And the, and the truth is, a lot of us would have gone through difficult times. But, you see, my granddad's story tells me everything about God. That even even the difficult times, God is still faithful. That even when we feel like we've gone too far, God is still faithful. And I just want to finish with, it, with this verse. And, you know, and I pray that. This will be sown deeply in our hearts. Because the way we know God changes the way we approach God, right? Because if we don't believe that God is faithful, we'll never approach him when we mess up. This is what it says, Lamentations 3 verse 18. And it says this, so so I say, my splendor is gone and all that I hope for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. You know, I think we should have verse 21 deeply in our hearts all the time. And it says here, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. See, I new every morning, great is your faithfulness. So this morning, church, I want you to believe that just, you know, just because people have written you off, it doesn't mean that God has. It's still got a purpose for you. Oh, Amen.
0: God is faithful. Amen. Um, one of the most difficult things about ministry is actually to be a little bit vulnerable, and, um, and particularly for younger people. And uh, you caught the, the essence of that heart this morning. And right across the generations of this church, God is doing something. Amen. Ten more minutes. Let's welcome Josh Turner.
2: Good morning. Hey, listen, it's so funny what you just said, thanks for my Bible, Um, because you can look at my notes afterwards if you don't believe me, but about the older generation, that is in my notes, (laughs) so um, God wants to speak to you this morning, if that's you, Um, you know, I'm so glad that we don't just come and we don't just show up, and for me, this is not just a service, this is not just coming to church, this is, I'm coming for an encounter with Jesus this morning. I'm coming to encounter him in worship. You know, the presence of God was just so strong. I'm coming to encounter Jesus. I'm not coming out of duty. I'm not coming out of just this, um, just religion. I'm coming to encounter Jesus. Is anyone else coming to do that this morning? Kev, that was incredible. You just poured your heart heart out in front of us. Listen, it's going to be a miracle if I'm 10 minutes. I'm going to try and be 10 minutes as hard as I can. I promise. Um, Start my timer right now. Listen, if you've got a Bible, turn to... um, Romans 12, if you've not got a Bible, turn to a Christian. I'm going to start reading. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. You know, I've just been to Cyprus. One day we went to this lagoon, and there was this big cliff there, and it just stood there tempting me. So I walked to the top of this thing, and and um, I walked to the top of this cliff. It was probably 40, 50 feet, and I looked down. And the problem is I just jumped in this lagoon and off of a tree, and I'd hit the bottom of the pool, so I wasn't sure how deep it was. So, <laughs> So I got to the edge of this lagoon, and I looked out, and... The thing is as well, you had to jump out, so it's, the, the pool was probably where Neil is, and there's rocks and there's trees below me. So I stood there for about 10 minutes thinking, shall I jump, shall I jump, shall I jump? And the thing about me is there's always a constant competition going on in my head. Like there's two people in my head daring me to do something, you see. Anyway, I guess, I don't know what you want to say, but maybe the sensible um, one one out and... I walked away from this cliff. I'd heard someone had broken the leg a couple of weeks ago as well. Just before I jumped. So that contributed. <laughs> um, so I walked away. But you know, I'm not joking. But the rest of that day I felt conquered. I felt conquered. And when Phil asked me to preach, this is the first story that came to my head. This is the first thing. And, and Jesus said to me, I really feel Jesus said to me. Josh, these this people, these this Christians who you never take take the plunge. There's Christians who never jump off the edge. There's Christians who never enter into all I have for them. But they're scared of what might be on the way down. They don't trust me. They don't believe that I'm going to keep them. They don't believe when I jump off that edge that, he's gonna, that you're going to keep me. And we never enter into the, the fullness of the Christian faith. You know, we're, we're scared of, we might be laughed at. We're scared that we might have to give certain things up. We're scared that we might feel out of control. You've got to the edge and walked away. And there's people in this place this morning. This is for you. You know, this is what Paul's talking about. Giving our lives as a a living sacrifice. I've got written down in my other Bible, in my study Bible, next that. Give everything. Give everything. You know, Luke 14 talks, Jesus talks about, if you want to be a disciple, this is the prerequisite. Don't make it complicated. Give me everything. Give me everything. And that's what being a living sacrifice is. Offering it all to Jesus so that we can be a sacrifice so that people can find him. See, our lives in Christ were never meant to be boring. They were never meant to just go through the motions. It was never meant to be religion. It was supposed to be an adventure with Jesus every single day. Yeah, you might get locked up in prison. Yeah, things will go wrong. But Jesus will be with you. And everywhere you go, you'll take his light, you'll take his soul, and you'll take it into all of the world. Is anyone with me this morning? That's what it's supposed to be. Look at Acts. Every time the believers met, people came, miracles happened, and thousands got saved. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they didn't just meet on a Sunday morning. What fueled the Sunday morning was every single day of the week, they were on the knees. They were on the knees in front of Jesus, saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, use me today. Jesus, use me to help that person today. So when they came on Sunday, it was an explosion. That's what we're called to. That's what we're called to. But this only comes by Jesus working through you. You know, these guys that caused such a ruckus, looking acts, they caused such a ruckus. People, people hated them. You know, I think sometimes God's challenging me about this. Sometimes too many people like kind of like me as a Christian. I'm, I'm scared too much of being liked. Do you see what I mean? We've all got that, haven't we, in our lives, that we're a bit too scared sometimes to say the right thing, to do the right thing, when what should only matter to us is doing what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus. Paul says in this verse, do not conform to the world. Do not conform to the world. We're we're supposed to challenge what the world says is the norm. That's what we're supposed to do when you're in your work, when you're when you're going to school, whatever situation in life, you were supposed to challenge the norm. And because of that, some people will not like you. Some people won't like you. Not, not everyone's going to go through life. Because you know what? The norm for us is not, not getting drunk. The norm for us is, is not sleeping around. The norm for us is not, not just going and doing what we want and living a selfish life. The norm for us is serving Jesus. So that is not going to come parallel with the world. You know, you might be saying to me this morning, Josh, I can't bring uh, a lifestyle for Jesus. I can't give my whole life to Jesus. I cannot do it. If that's you, you're in good company this morning. You're not supposed to do it. You are not supposed to do it on your own. The way that it's supposed to be is Jesus is supposed to carry you. Jesus is supposed to be with you everywhere you go. Jesus is supposed to take you. He's supposed to lead you. He's supposed to guide you. You know, a, a prayer that's just changed my life lately It's been me standing in the morning saying, Jesus, go out before me today. Go out before me, win my battles for me. So when I step out of the house in the morning, I know that I have enough to carry the whole day because Jesus is fighting my battle. So when I step into that situation, Jesus has already been. The Holy Spirit's already been fighting before me. Does anyone else want that? Does anyone else want that? That's what we need. So when I'm walking, I'm walking into favor. How long have I got left? Jesus, you know, Jesus is looking for a group of people who will give it all to him. You know, we've spoke about revival a lot. I'm sure you have in your your life. We've complicated it. All it requires is a a group of people to come together and give it all to him. That's all it requires. I've got to just skip a bit. Listen, Jesus is looking for a group of people who in the first thing in the morning when they wake up, his praise is on the lips. Throughout the day, they're in conversation with him, they're listening to him. At the end of the day, is the last thing on the mind. Jesus is looking for a, a group of people consumed, consumed by him, by nothing else but him. You know, I think mediocrity is a standard of the world, mediocrity. You take 10 people and maybe one of them will say that they're living the dream, maybe one, if, if that. You know, some of you guys, this is, some of us, I should say, are scared of jumping. Not because of the way down, but because of how deep the water is. And you don't feel, you feel that if you jump, you'll be in too deep. You've, God's given you a vision. You feel, if I step into this, I'm going to be out of my depth. You know, some of us, we, we, have, we have dreams that are insulting to God, man. We have dreams that, you know, you know, God just keep me safe and, and, and be with me. He promises to do that already. God wants us to have dreams that only He can get the glory for. So, what happens is, this church, if we all get our dreams, if we all get our visions and we bring them together, we submit them to this church, we will change the world. We will change the world. You know, where are the people rising up, confessing that the workplace will be saved? Where are the Christians rising up, saying that there'll be no more brothels? Where are the Christians rising up saying that there'll be no more homeless people in the East Midlands? It's a big, big dream, but God's calling us to big dreams. God's calling us to follow him. You know, this church has got a dream to reach thousands. We can't do that on our own. If we stand in here in five years' time and this thousands turned to Jesus, we can say only God. Only God can get the glory for that. God doesn't want a dream that you can get the glory for. You know, our visions will complement each other. Romans 12 goes on to say that we're all me- uh, different members but one body. You bring your vision, I'll bring my vision, and they will complement each other so that the world can be changed. That's how it was meant to be. You know, this is just coming on to what, what Kev said earlier. You know, some of you might have had a dream in the past. You might have had a vision in the past. Especially the older generation again, but you feel that you've missed it. You feel that you've done something wrong. And this could be even 30, 40 year olds. You feel that you've missed it. You feel that you've missed the mark. You feel that you've messed up. You feel that it's over. But like Kev said, if you're still living, you've still got a purpose. God's still got a plan for you. If there's still breath in your bones, he has a plan for you. If that heart's still beating, you can be effective for Jesus. You know what? They thought it was over when Jesus went to the cross and he died. But what happened three days later? He rose again. He rose again. He wants to resurrect your dreams this morning. Does anyone want a dream resurrecting this morning? He wants to resurrect your dreams this morning. He wants to resurrect your visions this morning. So that we can come together and we can change the world for Jesus. We can go out there and we don't come for Sunday morning. We go so we're empowered for Monday morning. You know what? When I'm, when I'm done... When I'm all over and done, I want to look back and say, you know, I don't want to look back and say that Coron- Coronation Street omnibus was life-changing. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't want to look back and say, you know, I led those, I led those soldiers through 20 levels of pain on Call of Duty. It's amazing. I don't want to say that. I want to look back and and remember the times when I followed the whisper of God and someone got healed from it, or. You know, Jesus, I, re- I remember that time when I look back and I've been praying for my friends for years. I've been praying for my workplace for years. But I, was nearly, I nearly gave up, Jesus. But you came through and you saved them all. I want to remember those things. See, some of us, we, we fill our lives with so much rubbish. And I've been the same. PlayStation, TV, all that stuff that just gets in the way of Jesus. We, we spend more time with the TV than we do with Jesus. He's asking us to give it all to him. It's not easy. Last night I had to delete football manager off of my computer. Living it. (laughs) Living it. I want to get to those pearly gates. And I want to say, Jesus, I I I didn't have much. But what I had, I gave to you. I went where no one else would go. I did what no one else would do. All for your kingdom. All for your purpose. All for your glory to come. Church this morning... We need your vision. We need your dream. We need you to fulfill your God-given potential. Please don't let us be an almost generation. We need you to fill your potential. This church needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. Jesus needs you this morning. This morning, that's all I want to ask you. Go away from this place and live in your calling. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, Kev and Josh, and uh, God's touched our hearts this morning. If we don't mind, we're just going to finish a little different uh, to perhaps what was planned, but it sounds so real, just uh, tugging of the Holy Spirit in our hearts as, as, uh, as the guys have uh, ministered this morning. Uh, I'd like us just to draw a response from that. I'm just going to ask Andy to play, just in leading us at the end. But we've heard about the faith, tapping into the faithfulness of God, and we've heard about tapping into the calling of God to be all that God's called us to be. Whenever anybody speaks from Romans 12one it it's got my attention, because it was probably the first message I ever preached. And this week, in another context, a great context of empowering young leaders across our nation to be all that they're called to be, I made reference to Romans 12, 1 and 2, because I've been going out with Sharon for 48 hours. We were in the first flushes of youth, but we got wrecked by a message. Spoke by Herbert Harrison, a hero that's now in heaven speaking to 1,500 young people at a conference, and the presence of God was such that we all walked out in stony silence. In fact, it was superfluous to even sing a song. And uh, walking hand-in-hand back to where we were staying, we'd known each other 48 hours, but it was somehow some intuitive that this was just right. We just prayed one of those crazy, naive prayers that says, whatever it costs Jesus, we're going to follow you. And we meant it. And it's cost us. But here we are all those years later, And we're still praying that prayer, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. I love the thought this morning that never mind about not diving off the cliff. Some of us are worried about the fact that God's going to take us into waters that are too deep. But I tell you, friends, whatever God takes us into, you'll always swim. There's nothing more secure than being in the safe will and purpose of God. And he'll stretch us. And it will cause us to gulp sometimes. And sometimes we'll go underwater and come back up. But we'll make it. We'll make it. And we're going to sing This Is The Air I Breathe. I don't even know whether we can get it up on the screen. I apologize for that, Julie. But um, we, we know the words pretty well. I'm desperate for you. You heard the passion of the guys' hearts this morning. And there are guys emerging in our church that are desperate for God. Desperate for God. I'm desperate for God. Christian said last week, that he's revivalist. We're desperate for a move of God, friends. We're desperate that through arena, community and culture around us can begin to shift. That people become more courteous and more gracious and more kind and more honest because of what God's doing. His presence spilling out and impacting the streets where we live. Desperate people that tap into God. and I want to say that we're going to sing this as a prayer. And if this morning you've never given your life to Jesus... Begin the adventure. It really is an adventure. There'll be people to my left at the ends that are happy to pray with you. If this morning you say, you know what, I've been standing on the top of that cliff, wondering if God was going to be faithful. And I've walked away so many times, but this morning I'm jumping in. I'm jumping into the deep waters of God because God will always be faithful. Maybe you'd like to pray for this morning. Friends, if I can say it kindly, this is not for healing this morning. There are other times for that. This is for you to give your heart afresh to God. This is for you in consecration to get somebody to pray with you to say, I am jumping off the cliff into all that God has got in the adventure of life. And if God's spoken to you this morning, how about going up to the guys afterwards and telling them? Because it'll encourage their hearts. Hear me, it won't make them big-headed, thus says the Lord. It'll encourage them. You don't have to withhold because they can't receive it. They can receive it. And it'll pump them on, it'll cheer them on the journey to be all that God's called them to be. If God's blessed you this morning, tell them. Let's stand and sing.